You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Back with another episode, you got Steve and Sam here. Sam, we ended last episode by saying things are okay, not great. I think things have changed a little bit since then, 10 days ago. Oh boy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, Steve. The Yankees got back on track. They somehow took two or three against the Cleveland Guardians. They should have won Monday, and then they kind of pulled two wins out of their ass Tuesday and Wednesday, if we're being honest with ourselves. And they sit at 17 and 15. Unfortunately for them, they play in the best division in all of baseball and are in last place. They're a game behind the fourth place Blue Jays, nine games behind the Rays, who they have three with in St. Petersburg this weekend. I just can't believe it. I'm looking at all these last place teams. The Royals have eight wins. The A's have six wins. The Nationals have 13 wins. The Cardinals have 10. The Rockies have 12. And then the Yankees, 17 and 15 last place. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy that that it is. I mean, surprisingly enough, you know, the Red Sox, who I think we picked to be our last place team, has won six in a row. So they're... They're hanging along. The AL, the AL Beast is back and live. I don't want to get too stuck up on the record overall. I think it's definitely worth mentioning that the struggles, though. I mean, look, last time we talked 10 days ago, the Yankees were the last team in Major League Baseball to lose a series, I believe. And then since then, they lost three of their last four series in an ugly fashion. There, there's nothing pretty about it. You know, they didn't look very good versus the Blue Jays. They looked terrible down in Texas and just I think it starts and ends right now with the offensive struggles and yes the injuries there's lots and lots of injuries we can go through every single injury here but and and that leads to a factor here but the offensive struggles is crazy this is the New York Bronx Bomber Yankees they have scored more than five runs twice in the past 16 games that's not that's not the team we're used to. This is not the team we're used to being up there towards the bottom of every major league stat offensively. So, you know, instead of just talking about one player in particular, we'll go through it all. But, like, as a team here, 25th in hits, 23rd in OPS. You know, these are not the kind of stats the Yankees are pulling. You know, another one, you know, walks. At least the team, this team used to always get on base with walks. 22nd in walks. There's just every facet of this offense just isn't clicking. And, yes, Aaron Judge on the IL. Uh, Josh Donaldson on the IL. John Carlos Stan on the IL. Harrison Bader on the IL until two days ago. It might be put back on on the IL. So they're, they're, this is not the, the the roster that we intended on it, but still shocking to see some of these offensive numbers from the, from the pinstripes. It's mind-blowing to me. And we do our little talk before the show, before we go live. These lineups right now, the bottom half looks like Triple A teams. I mean, credit to Willie Calhoun. A couple of big hits in the last couple of the games that have made the Yankees win. But he's been batting cleanup. They clean up. <laughs> Jake Bowers. It's gotten really, really ugly. I mean, you look at the finale against Cleveland. It's Volpe, Torres, Rizzo, LeMahieu. Okay, good. Calhoun. Bader, who just came back. Bowers, who they just called up. And you have Kiner Falafa and Higashioka. I mean, four through nine in that order is that, really 
really questionable. It's like this night in and night out now, too. I, and we, we joked about the last place team. That is the bottom of the order of a last place team. Like That's like, okay, yeah, this team plays out in Oakland or this team plays wherever. This is That is not a New York Yankees team. And one of the strengths for the Yankees, especially in the infield, we talked about was the depth they had. Was like, all right, we could take a few injuries on the infield, and when it happened with Donaldson, we were kind of like, almost, this is pretty ha- good. Like, that's fine. Our our strength is that depth in the infield, but it's the the lack of depth in the outfield, which is annoying because that's something that everybody has preached all off season. Was like, this can't be the outfield depth here, and unfortunately, the I, the biggest culprit of this is is Oswaldo Cabrera. He, we demanded that he win the left field job. We were like, you can't have Aaron Hicks out there. You can't go in there with Frenchie Cordero. You, we need our Oswaldo Cabrera to, to be the everyday left fielder. And the Yankees have essentially given him that. He's gotten 28 games of the, you know, so far th- this year. But he hasn't produced Sam. He's looked lost up there at the plate. He's, you know, he's batting under 200. He's only got one home run. And he's striking out a ton with, with you know, 19 strikeouts in... Uh, Compared to 18 hits. So, unfortunately, yes, he's a kid. He's awesome. Love his energy. You know, he's still playing well on the field for someone that's not an outfielder. But that, that's been a huge, huge person or batter that we are expecting to produce in the bottom of that order. And that, it's, it's, that's led to the, the black hole, in particularly left field. And the Yankees did not re-sign Andrew Benintendi, which was a move that a lot of people, including me, really wanted them to make. Since his last multi-hit game in 78 plate appearances, he has 11 hits. He's batting 151 over that time. He's getting on base less than 20% of the time, and his slugging percentage is putrid at 219. It just has not been good enough, and you said it best. This is a guy we really like. We love his energy. I mean, look at that home run he hit in Cleveland last year. Or, excuse me, his last multi-hit game was the 14th against the Minnesota Twins. But since then, he has a total of five base hits. Yeah, it hasn't, he hasn't looked good at the plate. You know, um, we were hoping for a little pop, too. He's got, got one home run here. And look, I understand there's comfortability, you know, getting you to, you know, being given that opportunity in, the, in, the, in New York. There's a lot of pressure involved with it. But, like, there's no one over his shoulder here. Like, there's not like, oh, I got a performer, so they're going to take me out the lineup thing. I think they've given him that spot. His flexibility is great. So it's, I, I don't want to, you know, send him down to the minors. Literally, you can't. There's no other options. But it just kind of goes into that of like, hey, it, it, it's twofold. We wanted them to sign an outfielder and trade for an outfielder. And then once we got over that, we're like, all right, well, then let's give it to Cabrera. That's we both, Brian Cashman failed and uh, us as, as fans have, have failed of like, hey, this, this didn't work out for any of us um, of what we what we wanted here. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're, uh, you know, on defensive side of things uh, in the outfield with these random outfielders here, you get Kinder Falefa playing in his first ever left field game on on Wednesday, and that could have led to what could hopefully is not another Bader injury in the ninth inning of that game, him and Bader colliding. But besides that, Kleiner Flevin looks pretty good in the outfield, um, and that's going to lead to him getting some some more at-bats, but he's he's batting under 200 as well. And then obviously there's fucking Aaron Hicks, who is just lost, man. I you, had to, you have to cut ties with Aaron Hicks. We keep saying once this team gets healthy, which is never going to get healthy, it seems like. You have to cut ties with Aaron Hicks. He cannot be on, on this roster much longer. And, you know, batting under 150, he's got seven hits on the year. Two of them came in one game this week. So it, it was even worse than this. He, he helped his cause a little bit here with a couple hits this week. But he's not even hitting the ball hard. 
There, there's something drastically different of this Aaron Hicks, whether it's it's in his mind or that that wrist injury or Tommy John injury that he's had the past few years have just completely gotten rid of this guy as as a professional baseball player. So it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully Harrison Bader's okay. The one maybe I don't say bright spot, but you know lightning in a can here. Jake Bowers hit a bomb on Wednesday or uh, Tuesday. He looked good. He he crushed it in AAA. He was you know, had nine home runs in AAA, leading all of AAA there. Earned his spot to to get some playing time here. And I'm okay. I'm okay with you know if Bader's you know while Judge is out, Bowers give him a run of ten games here. See see what he could do here. You know, former prospect. You know, a couple years ago, definitely changed his swing a lot. And as a lefty bat at Yankee Stadium here, you, you got to give it a go if you're the Yankees, based on what you're seeing from the rest of these outfielders offensively i remember bowers most from when he came up in tampa bay he had 11 home runs in 96 games and it was in the middle of luis severino's second half struggles where he hit an absolute nuke off of him at the trop and then he goes to the guardians and he hits 12 home runs in 117 games and then he kind of fizzled out after that didn't play in the 2020 season i'm all for it the yankees need bodies he crushed it in AAA. He's only 27 years old. Like you said, I'm all for giving him an opportunity. And going back to Aaron Hicks, not to beat a dead horse here, but even when he was hitting 235, 240, 250, his thing was walks. He got on base. Yeah, 100%. He has four walks and 52 plate appearances. His OPS is 357. That is just absurd. It is getting unwatchable. He is the lowest war on the Yankees at minus point oh at minus point six. I don't know what you do here anymore. I think Bowers right now as a lefty bat needs to be in the lineup every day. He cannot be worse than Hicks offensively, or I know Connor Falefa has looked decent in the outfield. He can't be worse than Connor Falefa offensively. And the Yankees, after having two games of Harrison Bader back, I, I need might the, be I need the offense situation with him. I need the offense over the defense. Um, let, let the, let's hope Bader's back, you know, this weekend here, and, and not doesn't have to go back on there. If him, and, he's in center field every day. I, I don't care about the corner outfield defense because the, the Bader is, is gobbles everything up over there. So that's fine. Yeah. So I agree. You know, Bowers lose some defensively. I, I can't look at these team stats anymore and see just how bad of a of an offensive team the Yankees are. It, it's brutal. It, it, it's absolutely brutal the way that they do. They they have just been unable to score runs at all. Like and the walks were one of the biggest things the Yankees always do is they got on base. They're twenty eighth in on base percentage. There are five teams that have an on base percentage under three hundred. White Sox, Mariners, Yankees Tigers, Royals. Embarrassing company. You, you, you need to figure out something offensively here. And, and yeah, a lot of it co- hopefully judges back within the ten days. Hopefully this hip issue isn't there because he was playing well. And I got to give you know some credit to Anthony Rizzo. Probably been the, the most consistent hitter this year for the Yankees. He leads the team with 33 hits. Widely, probably one of the, I, I don't, don't know around the league, but I'd say top five players so far this year that's benefited from the shift ban. Couple of couple bloopers he's had, you know, where you're like, oh, that definitely could have been a you know a short right fielder play. Yeah, I think it really has has helped him offensively, and uh, the Yankees have absolutely needed. He's tied with Judge for the team lead in, in RBIs, but it just seems a lot more consistently that you're starting off a game early and and he's on base. He leads the Yankees in every major offensive category aside from home runs. 
And how many times last year did we see him rip one? How many times last year did we see him rip one to right field and it was a one hopper to the second baseman? That is gone this year. Gone. And that was it happened every time with a runner on second and two outs. And that, that, that those are turning into RBIs now. He was one of the best signings the Yankees made. Obviously, he comes second to judge. But he's the perfect Yankee. Elite defense at first base. I've said a billion times, he is one of my favorite players on the team. He walks. He's hitting almost 300. He's at 289 through 32 games. I love everything he's bringing to the table, but he's not the best offensive player on a World Series winning team, and that's where the injuries come into play. Judge is on the IL. Stanton is on the IL. When Stanton went out, you really noticed the drop-off in the bottom of that order. Kills it. Absolutely kills it. Like I said, we're, we're now having best. Willie Calhoun be, be a cleanup hitter. But even even before the judge injury here, it, it kills it. Cause, you know, you're moving Glaber up. You you know you have DJ up a little higher too. It, it just the overall. I mean, they, they've made the switch once these injuries happen. Is they they've put Volpe at the top of the lineup, and I like that move. That move, that guy's the wheels on him have been unbelievable. Ten stolen bases for Anthony Volpe. The bats coming around. He, you know, a big home run. You know, maybe save the season type home run when he he hit one the you know last earlier this week to you know he's got three on the year that's a bright spot again at the top of the lineup, but it's just a struggle if you're a pitcher and you're like all right well let me get past one two three and Willie Calhoun is your your cleanup hitter and look and Aaron Boone jokingly not jokingly probably dead serious saying that you know we know Willie could bang and he gets destroyed on Twitter, rightfully so, for a comment like that. And then Willie Calhoun kind of shuts us up, and he's been banging the past four or five games. So he's going to get some run at DH, but it, it's it's kind of a hold hold and see here because for some reason, Brian Cashman felt he needed to talk to the media after 30 games of the season, of 162-game season. And when Brian Cashman talks to the media, he, he talks the same way every time. He's not going to answer every single question he's going to give you vague answers that you're not going to like you know we try to make a deal we see what happens everything's on the table this is not the you know he, he preached that the injuries are are an issue that's not something we need the gm to tell us we, we fucking know that brian we know that this isn't the team you built well the team you built is full of a lot of injury prone players and now they're injured so that's why we you know every demanded kind of a push to, to work on this depth and, and make something happen here make sure that guys like aaron hicks aren't in the lineup every day, but that, that didn't happen. So I, I don't feel the need for him to go and talk to the media after 30 days. You want to wait until, you know, Memorial Day weekend and talk, and then you got to, you know, maybe talk again at the at the trade deadline, fine. But kind of seemed like a panic move for Cashman on my end for a team that was basically 500. Memorial Day, too, is the first real benchmark of the season. But the Yankees are getting tested in the next week or so. They have three at Tampa, three against the A's, and then four against the Rays and the Bronx. So we'll get into the schedule a little later, like we always do, but it's a it's a big test. And then they go to Toronto for four games. So, so you think Cashman was uh, like kind of coming out and being like, let me get ahead of this now before we get smoked in Tampa and Toronto and people are calling for my head even more. Let me get out and be like, hey, guys, this team kind of sucks. Stay with me for a little bit. So I think maybe it was a little strategic move that, hey, like, you know, we're we're not expecting a really good two weeks coming up. I think that definitely was his thinking, without a doubt. Which sucks. <laughs> but it, 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 yeah. it, it does. And, I mean, Aaron Judge, I'm not sure when he's going to come back. Stanton's uh, another 
month away at best. I'm not sure what this future holds. I, I mean, the by the grace of God, they got two wins against the Guardians. I, I know they blew Monday, but getting shelled. Yeah, going in into that series, you'll say you'll take two or three from the Indians. I mean, the Guardians. But, you know, that's not the way we expected it to happen. But, yeah, that is um, – right. and, and, look, Gash was like, hey, like, pretty much just hinting the same thing. He's like, no, there's nothing coming. Like, this is it. We're, we're holding water here. There, there's no big trade coming. That's kind of what we're going to have to do. This, this bottom of that lineup is going to be struggling. And hopefully someone can prevail. I guess if we have to make a guess, make a put some money on it, it's, it's going to be Jake Bowers because everyone else in this bomb that lineup is, you know, is not going to cut it. You know, Trevino every once in a while, he, I mean, he had a bomb the other day, you know, 430, I think it was. But, you know, we're not, you know, he's there for defense. Same, when, you know, when Higgy comes up, he's not really doing much offensively for us. So it's it's these positions like left field that you're expecting some something and even DH you know we, we gotta see what it is but so the, the, it is what it is from the lineup standpoint of it the only reason the Yankees have any of these wins is because the the pitching's been great uh, and it starts and ends with Garrett Cole the Yankees are seven zero when Garrett Cole starts he he's he's been dominant we've talked every episode about how he is dominant he has been so let, let's move it on to the the bullpen give me we, we should we start where the trouble is, and then we work our way to the good guys. What what do we do with Clay Holmes? He's a liability right now. Ten innings pitched, twelve appearances, five earned runs, five walks. It's bad. I don't trust the guy. You can't. Why why should I? And it's gotta be a roulette at closer right now. I, I've seen a lot of people suggesting that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know Boone I know Boone threw him in the seventh or eighth inning in that series against the twins at home. He blew it against yeah. Correa, gave up the two run double. But do you move Michael King to the closer role? Uh, that takes out probably the most valuable middle inning arm the Yankees have right now. Agreed. It, it, it's it's bad. The Lewiska is on the IL. Trevino's yeah. on the IL. He's it, done. It, he's kind of Tommy John. He's out. Canley's on the sixty day IL. Yeah, hopefully some good news there. It looks like he's going to try and start ramping up and getting a uh, some rehab assignments going. So that's always good news for him. And they're thinking it could be close to that sixty day mark where he can come back. But but looking forward, like you said, Michael King's awesome. Yeah, he's one of the biggest reasons. Biggest. Losses for the Yankees last year is when he his elbow just popped out of nowhere, um, and luckily it was just a break for him, and he, he's ready to start the season here. But he he's, his best his best asset is going multiple innings. He is has that type of stuff where you know two innings is great, but then sometimes you lose him for the next day. But do you want to get him to just go one inning and possibly have him close multiple back to back days? Or do you just want to let it ride for you know two to third three innings sometimes and make sure you get a win there? Marinaccio has been good. So, I mean, I have in my pecking order, which is committee by, I'm putting these three at the top. If you've got to close the game out, I'm comfortable using all of them based on matchups of Marinaccio, King, and Peralta. Those Ian three, Hamilton's been really good. He's too. been great, but I, I, don't want, I don't think I would trust him right now as like a closer. I, I'm, I want one of those three guys of Peralta, King, and Marinaccio being on the ninth inning to win the game. And then once you get into that, to set those guys up with, Ian Hamilton's been, been very good. It's a great find. By, by the Yankees. And then I, I'm taking Cordero over Holmes. Like, is Holmes and Abreu the last men in the bullpen right now? And then when Tommy comes back, like, where is Clay Holmes' role right now? I think the Yankees will push him too far and use him too often, and we're going to get pissed at it until he finds his way. But, like, the next two weeks here, 
you better be very careful when you're putting him in the game if I'm the Yankees. I'm wondering if he's shot his load already. We see it with relievers all the time. I mean, look at the stretch Josh Hader went through with the Brewers and Padres last year. It's been pretty good this year, but yeah. He's been good this year. You look at Chapman in in the past years with the Yankees and how Boone and going back to Joe Girardi dealt with him. It's a very, very tricky situation. I think you have to avoid Holmes in any high leverage yeah. Going forward, at least for now, at least for the next couple of weeks. I, I don't really know what you do here. Like I said, it, it's a challenging situation. Uh, Bundy Peralta has pitched in 13 of the 32 games, and he went a stretch there where it seemed like he was pitching in every game. You, you have to monitor his use, too. Yeah, and they just did that. They it, just it, seems sat like for- arm, it seems like his arm is going to fall off. At some point. Yeah. And look, yeah, it's been a nice start for, for Ian Hamilton, but what, what's his track record like for, for you know, long term for the, for the season? But so he's been he's been good. Him and King right now are the leaders in war for the Yankees bullpen. And to, their leaders, it's Garrett Cole, Michael King, Ian Hamilton, Ron Marinaccio. So, like, it, it's those are the our four players. So it's literally been Garrett Cole, the only good starter, essentially. Uh, and then it's been King and Hamilton. So, like you said, Marinaccio's got 14 innings. Hamilton's and King already had 17 innings. So, it's something to, to watch. It looked like they kind of didn't use Peralta for a few days in a row there because of a little tiredness already. It's it's not ideal at all. And then, like, and then you got to talk about losing Loisga. He another long, long history of arm problems for him. That's kind of how the Yankees got him for free from the Giants um, years and years ago. But you can't really trust on him to be at all this year. Like, if, if I'm the Yankees, I'm... I'm counting Weisiger's done for the year at this point, sadly. It's really unfortunate because we saw how he pitched in 2021. He was one of the best relievers in all of baseball, and he's having surgery right now. And they're targeting August or September for a return. So like you said, he's out. you can't really count on him at all. He's out. It, so it'll be, it sucks. Bone spur in his right elbow. So you hope you hope Tommy Kaling comes back and replaces him, but that's that's, you know, a strength of this. It has been a strength. The bullpen still has been a strength that's kept the Yankees in some of these games because of those those three guys we talked about. The four guys, if you include Hamilton, too. Bullpens get to get, you know, sadly, the, the starting pitching has not been ideal either way. Clark Schmidt can't, can't keep playing Clark Schmidt, but we're gonna, they're going to keep doing it. And Nestor Cortez has had some, had some rough starts as well. And that's just going to put bigger and bigger strain uh, on the bullpen as, as the season goes on. You know, Domingo Herman, we, we got to talk about him. He almost threw a, a no-hitter. And, and we, you know, the game that Holmes blew, got to feel bad for Domingo Herman. That, that was his best game of his career. Couldn't even get a win. He's looked really, really good at times. And I know he's been through the ringer with the Yankees, serving that suspension and everything. But he has pitched six or more innings in his last four starts. I know he got roughed up at the Twins, but he looked unhittable against the Guardians. He had a great start against the Twins um, like three weeks ago. He, w- When he's on, he's really, really on. And the Yankees really need that. And with Cortez, past two starts, really not looking good. Ten earned runs in nine and two-thirds innings pitch for Cortez in his last two starts at Minnesota and at Texas. Yankees are going to need him to open the series strong at Tampa Bay. Or no, he's no, he's, he's, he's got he's, strep throat, so he's missing Tampa Bay now. So he, he'll be in Toronto. So. Oakland. He's starting. He's starting Monday. Oh, okay, good, good. Um, oh yeah, I forgot there's Oakland in between there. But yeah, so yeah, Cortez has got to step up and be that that number two. So now he's in line actually because Cole's going to go Sunday and Cortez Monday. 
Yankees need to win those two games every time those guys go on the mound. Cortez needs to be the ace that he he was last year. Severino on his way back. I think he's making his first rehab start in Tampa next week, which is a good plus. And that would ideally, you know, that puts Schmidt, ideally for me, that, that puts Schmidt in the bullpen. And then you use Michael King as your late inning, you know, weapon. And then you have Schmidt as your middle inning reliever. Because that, that's where his career to me can only lie. He got screwed with defense uh, the other day, but he's got wipeout stuff that I think can translate to the bullpen here. I wanted him to work and I wanted him to get some run as a starter, but it's failed. And so I think we need Severino to come back here, and I would like to see the Yankees put him Schmidt into the into the bullpen. That would be very ideal. And then you have Carlos Rodon, who we got Ugh. an update on this week. Aaron Boone saying he can't get over the hump with the back, so we'll have other people look at it. Is this guy going to pitch this year? I'm not expecting at this point to have him maybe late in the year after the all-star break he's nowhere close to making a rehab start we're, we're a little more than two months out from the all-star yeah. break all-star break I has got to no be clue what's going on yeah no ch- i mean look and he cashman said that he's frustrated and he's kind of frustrated with the yankees because he wanted to pitch on thursday he wanted to do a bullpen session the yankees said no and instead they sent him for an mri <laughs> so that's that's not good um but i do love that he's willing to push he said there's he said it's pain-free and it's not his shoulder, and it's not his elbow. Silver lining, I guess. But he needs to start building up and getting a just something. Just for, like you said, we're past the All-Star break at this point here. We need to make sure that this guy, he has to try and be and build it up and be ready for the second half this year. And the Yankees are holding him back right now, and it's getting a little more concerning of how much they're going to continue to hold back here because I don't want this to be a case where it's September and he's making his first start and we need to count on him for a possible playoff push or playoff games i we want him to have it i want him to have at least 50 innings under his belt before any serious like playoff implication games and i don't think it's gonna happen right now i don't think so either six years 62 million this guy besides aaron judge was the big fish in the yankees free agent hall we'll see what happens but i'm really not feeling good Uh, i'm not counting on him at this point, I hope Luis Severino comes back to the majors. Flying. Set back free. Yeah. Because but. we're still biting our lip there. Yeah, I mean, if either one of them has any... Actually, forget that. No matter what, the Yankees need to be all over the starting pitching market at the deadline. Or now. Honestly, like now. If this MRI is anything but perfect for, for Carlos, the Yankees have to be getting ready to wheel and deal and look at starting pitching. Because um, we can't keep running out Schmidt. The, the, the history says Herman's going to come back to earth overall, just, you know, even though he's, I mean, he hasn't been great to begin with, but history, we need someone that's going to be better than just holding our breath every time for these guys. And Johnny Brito. I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Madison Bumgarner. Uh, you, Sam, you stole, you stole the words out of my mouth. Like Madison Bumgarner has been terrible. And I mean terrible. Would he accept a minor league assignment, I wonder? So I've several Several times over the past 10 to 15 months have floated out there Aaron Hicks straight up for Bumgarner. Oh, we've said it, you've said it a billion times. On yeah, there. it still kind of works. It it gets, you know, Harrison, I mean, uh, I, I think the Yankees probably, uh, but I don't know. I don't know who would eat money there. But uh, like, I, why would not both teams just look into that? I think the, the Yankees just have no real other outfielder options that they need Hicks as a body. Um, you know, obviously nobody picked up Bumgarner, so I guess he, he's fully available to uh to be picked up for free but i was kind of i wonder if the yankees made a call on that i have to wonder and who who says no in that scenario and i don't know do both teams just say i don't want to risk it but i i think the the, the risk on bumgarner it, the yankees why not 
why not? Let's get someone else in the, just in that in the clubhouse that will cause problems and maybe wake this team up. But he's been he's been legit fucking terrible. He's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball the past like three years. But you, you never. I know. agree. Maybe change the scenery, lightning in a bottle. If he sucks, you release him. Yeah. But I mean, we said this, we said this for other guys, and it sucks that the guys the Yankees are considering here. But like Patrick Corbin and that ridiculous, stupid contract. You know, could we? You know, was there a scenario over the summer here of do you do Hicks and uh, Donaldson for Corbin just to swap absolute terrible deals? But those are the ones that that are up there. Cash did talk a lot about not getting value, and, and it, it's we've talked about it for years. Teams aren't going to do fair deals for the Yankees. They want above and beyond. The discussions for outfielders, clearly people wanted like Peraza. People wanted Glaber Torres. And we're probably going to get a very average outfielder back for those guys. And Cashman just will never do that deal. He wants value for the guys that are his guys. You're right about that. We've seen it a billion times. He'll never, he'll never do everything it. for the Yankees. Corbin has not been great this year, but in his last couple starts, five and a third, three earned, six innings, three earned, six innings, four earned. Maybe he becomes available in the summer, and if the Nationals want to eat a lot of money there, his contract is a lot worse than Aaron Hicks. But who knows? But right now, if you're looking outside of the organization, I think it's Madison Bumgarner is the short-term band-aid. But like you said, he's been horrible. And look, if I was a GM of any team across baseball and Brian Cashman called and asked about Aaron Hicks, I would laugh at his face and hang up the phone. So it makes sense. Like, no one's touching Aaron Hicks. If you're going to be like, it's going to be a DFA move, um, but you just can't do it when your other options are Frenchie Cordero, Will Calhoun, and, you know, we haven't even seen Esteban Florial, who got DFA'd and is now back in AAA. So he could be an option, but he's no longer on the 40-man. Um, it's, it's, it's a 40 man mess of, of, of shit, you know, guys, 36 through 40, all should be DFA'd. And I think that's what the Yankees are preparing for is, Hey, once, once Severino comes back, once Luizaga, not Luizaga, once Severino comes back and once Tommy Kaling come back, those are two guys that have to be put on the 40 man. So there's someone that that's got to go from that, that 40 man here. And, and you know, I, I guess we cross our, it's got to be Hicks. I think it's got to be Hicks, right? One of, he's got to be one of the guys that goes on the, when they're when they're cutting ties here, especially if Willie Bangs Calhoun is still doing something. If Jake Bowers is, you know, doing something here. I'm not sure what the other moves are. Could to, be Cordero. He's really fallen off and his defense is atrocious. If they want to keep Hicks oh. for defense over Cordero. Yeah, that's true. And he, he you know, he, Frenchie is what Frenchie is, but, at the same time, he's been significantly better than Aaron Hicks so far this year. Aaron Hicks' defense hasn't even been good. Several times last year, we we joke, we you know criticize him for that, but he it hasn't even been that good. You know, for for that, looking at the forty man here, it, it's it's kind of ugly. Your Ben Royvent, we haven't mentioned him in forever. He's on the sixty day IL and but playing now. Like eventually, you got to take him off and put him somewhere. Is he a real person? According to according to the Yankees forty man roster, he's on the roster, obviously on. Oh, so he's not even on the 60, actually. He's oh, he's still only on the 10. So we're, we're good there. But I guess you oh, the, the move here, you you can you can move Rendon to the 60, which is scary. But like that's got to happen, right? Like it's been 60 days. It's going to be 60 days soon. I think so. I think that's the obvious move. Like we said, all-star break. He's not going to be up with the major league team. So you just and- you just swap. Severino's not on the 60, so you're good there. But so you swap Kayleen for... For Rendon, whenever that happens, is the move. All right, so that that's that. Oh boy, it's just a heaping pile of shit all around. <laughs> I know, Sam. I want offense, pitching, and you ask yourself, how is this team seventeen and fifteen? 
that's it, right? They're they're over 500, and it's it's all Garrett Cole. They're, they're seven and zero in Garrett Cole pitches, and that makes them what. 10 and 15 when he doesn't pitch. So yeah. that's not good. If you do that over the course of a season, let's say Garrett Cole wins 25, 25 games and you, you're you at that 10 and 15 mark, that, that puts you at a 65, 70 team win. So that that's not good. If the Yankees reach the playoffs and, and Cole keeps going like this, they're obviously going to lose a couple of his starts. But I mean, you, you'd see him in MVP consideration. It's bad when Garrett Cole does not pitches. That's the bottom line. It goes from the starters to the, the bullpen and Clay Holmes to the offense, which there's just no answers for. One thing that is a positive for me on offense, uh, Anthony Volpe. He kind of was looking lost for the first couple weeks, but he, he's kind of gotten up just a little bit right here. He, he's over the Mendoza line now. His OPS is just below 700. He's got three home runs. He's been showing some pop. That's one thing that I think is a positive from all this. He's 10 of 10 on stolen bases. I think he's starting to come into his own a little bit. For for sure. And like I said, that, that big home run the other day. And look, Sam, if you outline all the... Look, we don't, we don't think he's reached at all his level offensively. Defensively, he's had a couple errors as well. But defensively, he's held up fine. On the base pads, he's an absolute menace Probably top five base runner in baseball already. Going to have like a Trey Turner type base running career, which is awesome. But line up all the guys, 30 games, 35 games into the year. Past two years, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trey Turner, Dansbo Swanson, Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story, Javi Baez. Anthony Volpe currently is only behind Dansby Swanson and Xander Bogarts in war for this season. And that's a guy that we don't think is hitting very well. He's he's made a good change and he and he's gotten you know definitely better as you know the, the it goes on you know past thirty past sorry past fifteen games he's batting you know two sixty compared to you know his his two twenty one average so it's getting up there but look after you list all those people here look, the Yankees were never going after Dansby Swanson and they were never getting Xander Bogarts so he right now is the best shortstop of all the guys that the Yankees should have or could have made a move for so the Yankees patience. In waiting for their shortstop that they have thought that they've had, that's worked so far. That's a move that's worked, I, I think. Right? Like I'm not. No one here is being like, I can't believe the Yankees didn't go get a shortstop. I wish you know we could see what happened. You know, I wish they you know got one of these guys and maybe pushed them to third base. But right now, Volpe is is playing at a, a three or four WAR level, and that's the minimum for him. So there, there's still a lot of ceiling here that he hasn't reached. You're right about that, and he's had a couple of errors. But one of the big points on a struggling offense, I think, is he started to look competent at the plate. Big home run, like you said, starting to not feel overwhelmed. I think he has 34 strikeouts, which is kind of expected. He, he's second on the team. The judge in six more games played for Volpe, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from this guy lately. And when Brian Cashman brought him into that room with Aaron Boone, Boone said, we want you to develop up here. And it's something I've said before. And Volpe is developing. He is a much better player now than he was at the beginning of April. And oh, yeah. We've, we've, we've seen development, which I'm, I'm really, really happy about. Still swings a little early, but that's fine. If you see a pitch, take a pitch. You know, if you see a pitch like and you like it, fine. I'll, I'll take that from a young kid. Um, I don't want him staring at you know pitches right down the middle here. So yeah, I think you know more to come with, with Volpe. Um, we thought we could see a little run of Volpe and Peraza playing together, but you know you don't know now with Peraza's injury that that could be something that we need to look at. Peraza came up and he's hitting 188 and 38. 
plate appearances. He's only got six base hits. The Yankees, I'd imagine, wanted to keep him down and getting fresh at bats for some potential trade bait, but that's obviously not the case right now. It's They're in a difficult situation in, in almost every facet of the roster, and this is proven to be true right here with Peraza coming up. I, I cannot imagine they envision this. And they're definitely hoping that he... <clears throat> when, yeah, right, you're right. They didn't envision this, but it could have been a perfect scenario here. You, he comes up. They did play him at third base. He looks fine at third base. You can have that same scenario that you came into the season of just DJ be your floater infield and Peraza be your Donaldson and, you know, maybe DJ be your, your full-time DH even or Rizzo at DH. But, you know, his struggles and now possible injury here. That, that injury didn't look great. An ankle twist there, never good with someone that relies on speed in the field and on the base pads. Um, him going on the IL would be would be a huge blow for trade value, but more importantly for the Yankees' actual roster here. They, they, they need him to kind of come up and, and, and play. So, agreed. Like this, you live, give the kids some rain here, but there, there was and there might still be a possible scenario here where you have Volpe at shortstop and Peraza at third base, which should be what we kind of dreamed about, which I think the Yankees dreamed about for a little bit here. But... And if they're not hitting, you know, you're not going to play those guys, um, speaking of, of Peraza. So we'll we'll see what happens here. It's a struggle, Sam. You know I'm always positive when it comes to these episodes here. And even with the 17-5 and five record here, I'm struggling to find some 17-15 uh, and 15 record. I'm struggling to find some, some silver linings, especially looking at this schedule. Rays are one of the best teams in baseball. We face them seven times the next 10 days here. So I'm, I'm worried. It's cause for concern. And you have the Oakland A's. Smash in the middle of that. We'll probably the Vegas A's. The the Vegas A's. Oh my gosh, what a shit show! My goal is not to get swept in Tampa. If they get one, Cole's on the fine. mound, so that that's all right. If they get one, fine. If they get two, that's going to be a huge, huge relief. And then sweep the A's and and go four and two in the next six. Hopefully by next episode we have some injury clarity on some of these guys, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, that, that's really all we can can say here too for for it all. Um, Sam, I do still update the uh, the home run tracker, even though the, the dingers have been severely lacking this year. But you never would have guessed this going into the year. Over the last six games, the only home runs the Yankees have are from Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, Jose Trevino, and Anthony Volpe. Mother of God. That is from game game 27. They are now at game 33 coming up today versus, versus the Rays here. Willie Calhoun in that stretch is the leader with two home runs. Um, overall, Judge leads the, leads the home run team, leads, leads the team in home runs. Uh, John Carlos Stan hasn't played in like three weeks and he's still up there with four home runs. So the, the, the bombers are, are not bombing. So it's something that you know, we also should be looking into when we're looking at this lineup here is we're not even getting the home runs. We need to need to come back to being the bombers a little bit here. If you're going to bat one 200, you got to make sure that one home run is, is a home run. So I think we need that from the trop. Like you said the A's suck, but the Yankees haven't been playing well either here, but you got to go out you know, there. I bet Aaron Boone is, Pretty happy that these next three games are on the road in Tampa. But if they struggle on the road, and even if they lose two of three on the road, that next seven-game stretch at Yankee Stadium versus Oakland and versus Tampa is going to be really bad for Boone. We already were hearing the uh, fire Boone chants uh, on Wednesday. It's got to be rough for him, too. And this roster is far from perfect, and a lot of people are saying that falls on Brian Cashman, which I get. It does. 
It does, 100%. But, but you know, Boone's made some bonehead decisions. There's a lot of injuries. There's been some bonehead decisions. Clay Holmes in the ninth against the Guardians in two of the past three games has been horrible. You, you got to hope and pray. I mean, the Rays are a wagon. We, we were saying they were beating up on those bad teams during their 10-0 start. They got the 13-0. It's a really, really good baseball team. They're 25-6. and six. They're a quarter of the way to 100 wins, and we're recording this on May 4th. Yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive. Sam, uh, before we wrap it up, one matchup I'm looking forward to is Monday versus Oakland. J.P. Sears is on the mound for, for Oakland versus Nestor Cortez. Cortez, like we said, is kind of being pushed back because of strep throat, but struggling his last few starts here. Need a strong outing here. And I, I can't handle it if Sears goes off on the mound with us while, while Montez is probably never going to pitch for the Yankees again. That would be a, a tough look for, for Cashman and for Boone and for everybody uh, as Sears being not the biggest part of that trade, but but being a, a substantial part of, of that return for Frankie Montez, which is you know still going down as one of the worst trades the Yankees have made in the past decade probably right now. 6-2-3 ERA for Sears, but he'd pitch six shutout innings against the Mariners on Wednesday. Well, I, so. it, these guys always just pitch well versus the Yankees, so it would be a nice benefit. If ne- ne- Cortez goes seven innings, two runs here, and, and we shall – JP, sorry, JP, but the Yankees kind of need that. But you said you got to go through Tampa first, Friday night, and then two afternoon games on on Saturday, and we'll try and get back on here before the next Tampa series uh, to see how they do. Any last things? Oh, follow me on TikTok for the 162 in 162, where it's one Yankees pick every day, every game uh, of the season. Much like the Yankees, I, I'm struggling at 14 and 18, looking at you know minus two units on the year. So that's easily can be made up of, and I'm kind of bummed saying like the Yankees' offense is so bad, and I want to make picks that you know promotes the Yankees and promotes fun. But I just keep if I want to make money, I just gotta keep betting the Yankees to suck, and you know <laughs> it, it's kind of contradicting to my whole spiel of being a Yankee fandom and picking the Yankees to to do stuff here. But like the best bets are for the Yankees to strike out a lot and not get hits. You're right about that. And you've had some picks going against the Yankees, I know. But geez, the, the Yankees are going to be some significant underdogs during this three-game stretch. I know. And they, I, I kind of want to take them. <laughs> I, think they're like, I wonder what that line with, with Cole will be on the mound on Sunday. That's going to be a good one. It'll probably be around, you know um, – the Yankees will be favorites. The Yankees are always favorites. They're going with kind of an, maybe like a little bit of a, an opener, I think, for, versus Cole. So we'll see what happens here. But they are. The Yankees are going to be juicy, juicy underdogs the next two days. And I got to see if I am willing to lose money on betting the Yankees to win here because it, it does seem like that might be a, a play. But not not when you watch the game. When you watch the Yankee games every day, it's tough to, to try and pick how the Yankees can be successful the past week or so. But in the end... We are here to talk Yankees, and we will be back next week to talk Yankees baseball here, hopefully with a little bit of a, a more upbeat tone. But the Yankees the Yankees have put us through the ringer the past 10 days. But as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. And in pinstripes, Sam, any final thoughts before we head off into this very important stretch for the Yankees, even though it's only early May? Find a way to go 4-2 and two before the Rays come to town next weekend for four games. I like that. That Hit would, better, pitch better. And that would be good. And four and two put the Yankees at 21 and, and 17, four games over 500. And look, we, we can go through the, 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 you know, years past, you know, last year they, they played well, but there's plenty of times the Yankees have struggled early in the year and picked it up, and it's going to be based on injuries. So hopefully, no more injuries. Reinforcements aren't coming. I think that might be the title of this episode, but we'll uh, we'll see what the, what the backups at the bottom of that order can do for the Yankees here. We'll see you guys 
next week again. Thanks for listening. Follow Sam at Real Sam Mars on Twitter, and you find myself at Angel Steve eighty nine. Sam, till next week. Go Yanks. Oh, my God.